Hey everybody, it's JP. Today we're tasting and reviewing Shirakuku brand carbonated Ramune drink, the melon flavor, Taki's rolled tortilla chips, angry burger flavor, and Kit Kat's matcha green tea variation. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Junk Foodies, the podcast where we talk about the foods your parents said would spoil your appetite. Today my guest is Andy. Say hi, Andy. Hey, guys. Uh, we're doing green foods today. So Andy, just to let you know how this works, we've got a star rating uh, system here. There's three stars. Uh, one is, uh, you know, okay or not really, but I wouldn't pick it up again in any sense. Two stars is I'd seek this out again, and three stars is, oh my God, this is amazing, and I want more now. So uh, we'll get right into it, but um, Andy had a couple of questions for you. So you were skiing earlier today, right? Yes, I was. How did that go? Beautiful. Can't, uh, can't complain with a, a ski day on October 26th. <laughs> yeah, it came pretty early this year, it did, didn't it? So, yeah. Now, do you, uh, do you pack anything to eat when you're skiing? Is there anything you're taking with you, or are you just eating at the facilities that are on site? Uh, depends on the day. Yeah. Um, most times, I'm, I'm a, a, a big fan of peanut butter and jam sandwiches, so okay. I'll, I'll take those. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe grab a coffee while I'm there. Um, they've got these fantastic English Bay chocolate chunk cookies that they keep there, okay. and it goes great with a coffee at midday, so I'll, I'll usually do one of those. Fantastic. Um, other times, I'll grab a burger or something if I'm just too lazy in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. All right, and... Um... Sorry, I blanked there for just a second. So we're going to start with our drink segment here, Andy. But before we do, just a few questions for you. What would you say? You mentioned coffee there with your, uh, your English Bay cookie and skiing. <laughs> what would you say is your usual drink of choice? Uh, throughout the day, coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually fairly boring when it comes to drinks. Yes. Um, I drink a ton of water. Sure, as you should. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of pop yeah carbonated drinks i don't drink juices that kind of stuff but right yeah water or coffee okay and then as the evening gets on the odd ryan ginger ale right um guinness love a good guinness okay dark beers yeah kind of things yeah that's about it so when you're treating yourself it's a, a beer or a or a ryan ginger and then otherwise you're having coffee or water yeah nice glass of red wine sure yeah good. nothing wrong with that yeah any t variety of red wine in particular that you like or just... Whatever's open. Whatever's open. It yeah. has a, a, an interesting label, huh? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I do judge a bottle by its label. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Now, uh, any memory that you have that sticks out revolving around junk food specifically? Is there anything that comes to mind? Junk food. Um, yeah. Uh, kindergarten. Wow, um, we're going way back. Way back. Yeah. For those of you who don't know Andy, I think he's bordering on getting a senior citizen discount at Denny's. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> um, so yeah, my memory is still intact for back then. Yeah. Uh, across the street from my elementary school, there was a uh, little corner grocery store. Mm -hmm. And that was back in the day when you could uh, go in there with a quarter mm -hmm. and come out with about two pounds of candy. Oh, um, I think uh, there was a, a thing called Mojo's. Okay. And they were these little kind of fruit-flavored 
nougat kind of things. Okay. So individually wrapped. Yeah. And I think there were five for a penny. Wow. So for a quarter, you could get a whole pile of them. Now, what was it like to grow up during World War I? I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so five for a penny. Yeah. 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 So there was those, um, those little individually wrapped caramels. We'd get those okay. things as well. Yeah. And the do... square ones? Yep. Okay, like the craft caramels. Yeah, the or craft, whatever. craft yeah. caramels. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I still remember my, uh, it was like my first economics kind of education was when Reese's Peanut Butter Cups came out. And uh, the guy didn't quite understand that. I think they were, they were like, I think they were fifteen cents each. Okay. You, in the individual packs, yeah. If he had two packs, you get them for twenty five cents. Right. And so, of course, we'd buy the two packs. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Yeah. It was actually maybe the other way around. I think the two packs were more expensive than the individual ones. Okay. So that was my economics lesson. Right. Was was learning that you to be spot the individual ones and save money. So then you can buy more mojos. <laughs> you had money left over oh, for yeah. mojos. Yeah. So I uh interesting that you kinda remember when Reese's peanut butter cups, which are such a I mean that's like on the Mount Rushmore of, of candy, right? Yeah. Um do you remember the first time you had one? Or you just remember they were kinda out and you remember like it because I mean I don't remember the first time I had a peanut butter cup, but man, that's a that's yeah, a good candy. I, I probably ate so many of them right. that it became a blur. I can't yeah. actually remember the first time I ever had right. them. Right, but you remember when they were new? Yeah, but huh. I, I could I could probably describe what the store looked like that we even bought them from, like how it was uh, completely laid out and where yeah. they were in the store. It was it was that kind of a memory that was interesting, that kind of mind exploding taste bud yeah. kind of thing going on as soon as you rip the package. Open. Thinking of ratatouille when. You know, he eats it and it goes back to his childhood and yeah. all the memories associated, yeah. right? I, I do remember how disappointing it was when my daughters were trick-or-treating and uh-huh. I came home with them in yeah. the package. So, of course, I had to steal one. Yeah. That's what parents do. Of course. Do. And I ripped Parent it open. Tax. And it was completely disgusting and disappointing. It was greasy and, like, oily and it was yeah. it just wasn't there. Well, it, it must have changed the, the chocolate yeah. formula at some point when it was something cheaper or yeah. something. Because Reese is our Hershey's company, and um, they—I know at some point they went from using, you know, cocoa butter to, to a cheaper kind of filler product. So I wonder if that's that's probably. not what you're talking about. I, have, I haven't had one in probably four or five years, so I should at least give it another try. Yeah, interesting. Well, I, I might use you for a future episode then. <laughs> and wagon we'll do wheels. A, a taste off. Wagon that was wheels. another disappointment. So a wagon wheel is kind of like a. Like a moon pie, or it's like chocolate covered, and it's got graham cracker and marshmallow. marshmallow. Yeah. yeah, so kind of like a—I think they're called moon pies. That's yeah, a, like so. a southern U.S. thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the same as a whoopie pie, or if I'm thinking of something else now. But yeah. I don't think I've ever had a wagon wheel. That was a that was a disappointment when I stole those out of my daughter's Halloween <laughs> buckets as well. <laughs> those were great when I was a kid. But is it possible your daughters are just giving you stale candy just to turn you off? No, because I would steal it they brought it into the house. <laughs> you weren't was... giving them a chance to uh, and, to taint the, the supply. And, and some of these things you look at and they go, and I go, well, they're so small. I don't remember them being so small. Right. And, but then I guess I was... Your hands much, were smaller. I think I was a much smaller person back then, yeah. So <laughs> I would I, hope I, so. I could be. <laughs> because if not, you were like a demon child or I something. Was, hey, Mom! I was a bit of a, a, husky, a husky boy. Okay, well, I went yeah. through that phase myself. Yes. You just... Probably from the mojos, I'm guessing. <laughs> they add up. Um, what's your go-to snack between meals? Uh, well, I try to think of myself as fairly healthy now. So I eat a yeah. lot of nuts. Okay. Um... The uh, Kirkland brand roasted pistachios. Have you ever had those? 
I, I obviously I've had pistachios. I don't think I've ever had Kirkland oh my God. specifically. Those things are good. Yeah, pistachios yeah. are kind of addictive. They are really good. Shelled, salted, roasted. Oh, you get them shelled already? Yeah, they're coming to bag. They're just an instant. Like I dump the whole bag in my mouth and just see that. Them. See the shells slow me down. <laughs> I'd probably weigh ten more pounds if they didn't have shells That's on. Them. Also, idea. I think there's something as funny as it sounds. There's something um, kind of enjoyable about shelling them. Like I don't know why. To me. It, like a, a peanut out of a shell tastes better than like a just a loose peanut, but maybe that has to do with being roasted in the shell versus roasted outside Could of the be. shell. I don't know. But I just uh, like peanuts, so it's, well, there you go. Yeah, there's, there's really no way to go wrong. So that's kind of where my go-to is now. Okay, yeah. all right. And um, can you think of any item that is to you inexplicably popular that you just can't stand? Maybe other than greasy peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can't say that I can't stand it because yeah. I've never actually tried it. There's okay. Something that I just don't understand. Sure. Bubble tea. Okay. So the big like the tapioca the balls. Lumpy, yeah. Like, like it. And yet it's very popular. I, I just don't get it. You don't get I, it. I don't get it. It's like this lumpy, clumpy, disgusting kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've had it a couple of times. I wouldn't say it's like something I love. I mean, the flavor of, you know, whatever flavor you get, strawberry or watermelon or whatever is nice, but the big balls don't do it. Big balls in my mouth just don't really do anything no. for me. No. <laughs> Go figure. <Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, unless, you know, I'm at a club or something, but that's a whole different story. Not yeah, no, not at all, not at all. All right, well, um, on that note, let's uh, get into the drink and I've got some fun facts about our carbonated beverage today. Ramune is widely known for the distinctive design of its bottle, often called cod neck bottles after the inventor Hiram Cod. They are made of glass and sealed with a marble. The cod head is held in place by pressure of the carbonation in the drink. To open the bottle, a plastic device used to push the marble inward is provided. The marble is pushed inside the neck of the bottle where it rattles around while drinking. Therefore, the drinks are sometimes called marble soda outside Japan. While the Codneck bottle was once commonly used for carbonated drinks, today Ramune, along with Banta, is one of its very few users. The original Ramune flavor is lemon-lime. Including original, there have been at least 49 flavors of Ramune, including typical flavors like lemonade, cola, orange, and grape, along with more unusual varieties such as curry, kimchi, teriyaki, and wasabi. So that's Ramune. Um, kind of an odd-looking bottle here, Andy. It says uh, Shirakiku brand, carbonated Ramune drink, artificial melon flavor. They, uh, boy, they don't pussyfoot around with that. Uh, it's got some Japanese uh, characters, I suppose, because I believe this is a Japanese product, and a picture of a melon that looks like a honeydew on the front. Um, instructions, how to open. Remove the seal from the top. Detach the plunger from the center of the cap. This is a lot more work than just opening a bottle of Coke, it, let me tell you. It is quite intricate, isn't it? Yeah, and it's got these interesting indentations. If you uh, are listening to this and you're interested, I'm sure you can Google this and see it. It's a, it's a very interesting looking bottle. Um, kind of a old-fashioned artisan looking, like something, I don't know, you'd get in a saloon or something. Uh, detach the plunger, place the plunger on top of the bottle, press down firmly with the base of your palm to release the marble, throw away the seal, tap and plunger, have fun drinking Ramune. So uh, let's see how this goes. I've taken the plunger out of the provided lid. I am going to slam it down and... Oh, there goes the marble into the beverage. Um, Randy, why don't you... Randy. 
who are you again? <laughs> and you're the senior citizen. <laughs> Andy, why don't you taste that? I'm going to read the instructions, and you can kind of get some initial uh, thoughts on that. So carbonated drink, uh, carbonated water, glucose, fructose, syrup mixed with sugar, citric acid, artificial flavor, sunset yellow, and brilliant blue. Product of Japan. So uh, what are your initial thoughts on that, Andy? Hmm. Well, the way it fizzed up in the bottle when, the, when you slammed your hand down on yeah. top of it and forced that marble down, I expected it to be a lot more carbonated, a lot yeah. more fuzzy. It's, it's not that, it's not like a Coke or a 7-Up or something. It's, right. it's, it's a little more mild than that. Um, you know, it's, it tastes a little, a little bit like a candy, I think. It's mm -hmm. got that kind of you know, candy melon right. flavor. Um, interesting color. Very vibrant, very mouthwash looking. Yeah. So it's uh, obviously honeydew. I think would be the flavor. It's not. It's not watermelon. It's it's more of the kind of the green melons kind of. Yeah, I uh, just uh, tasting it here myself, and I kind of from a color, I was expecting a a watermelon, even though there was a picture of what looks like a honeydew on the front. But yeah, it's definitely got a very faint honeydew uh, taste to it. When I smell it, it's. Um, kind of has a plastic smell to it to me. Interesting. Almost, almost like a, I don't know, I smelled something like this before. Almost like a hand soap or something. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, I'm probably not giving it a great reference here. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's probably just not my thing. I right, think. right. It's, uh, as I said before, coffee, water, and wine and beer. Various alcohols yes. are more my, my taste, but uh, I'm fascinated by the bottle. Yeah, it is I, a very cool bottle. I, I was would, reading about them, and I guess um, in Japan, um, the people collect the marbles. So they'll take a screwdriver and take that plastic part off the top, which will allow the marble to be released, and they collect them. And it's just a clear glass marble. Like, there's nothing yeah. super intricate about it, but the neck of the bottle is kind of compressed to hold the marble, and then there's these two divots where it rests while you're drinking so it doesn't plug up the, uh, the mouth part. So the mouth so part of the bottle. Does it have a function? I don't believe so. I think it's just for looks. It's just the yeah. The aesthetic, maybe at the some point it did. Maybe the marble was there to keep the carbonation from escaping, or something. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, it's just an aesthetic thing. Very, very unusual. It must be expensive to make. Must be, it'd be very interesting to see how they actually make the bottle. Yeah, yeah, because you have to imagine like. I'm sure they're mass produced, but it'd be much easier just to produce a simple bottle with just a cap on top. This yeah. you have to shape the bottle, you have to add the marble, you have to add the plunger and the directions, and yeah, very interesting. So just to add to your notes there, um, I kind of got you said candy, and and I agree. I got a bit of a Jolly Rancher, and it's funny how much just seeing the color of that. I wonder if it impacts what I'm smelling because I kind of thought is that like green apple Jolly Rancher, but smelling it more, I'm not really getting green apple. But that was my initial impression. You're right. It looks like scope. Like it's a, a very artificial looking green. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> no. Um, I also got on the aroma a slight bubble gum kind of. Um, very, very slight. But bubble gum like bubble gum ice cream kind of. Um, yeah. But I see that. I agree with you that there's kind of an artificial. I don't know that I'd call it plastic. But there is something maybe chemical about yeah, it. Yeah, um, maybe I'm off on the plastic. Yeah, Chem but, chemical. you know, sure. maybe you are smelling plastic, but yeah, there is something kind of, I mean, it doesn't smell like like smelling a fresh cut piece of fruit, you no. know. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've been to Vietnamese restaurants where um, when you pay near the, um, 
the counter, there's a bowl of candies, and sometimes they're coffee-flavored, and sometimes they're mango-flavored, and occasionally you'll see these melon-tasting ones, and um, or melon-flavored ones, rather. And that's uh, kind of what it reminds me of. Hmm. So I agree with you, not very fizzy, very, very lightly fizz, not at all like a, a North American yeah. soft drink. And um, I didn't find it to be overly sweet. I think that, that bright green... Um, <laughs> if you can hear that in the background, I've got a couple of dogs in studio with me today and good luck trying to get them to settle down. Anyway, um, I thought it was going to be a lot more syrupy and sweet, but it's not. Yeah, so I guess I, I was expecting something a little more syrupy, like, I don't know, um, just I don't even know what I would compare it to, like a, a super sweet Slurpee or something like that, but I didn't find it to be overly sweet. What were your thoughts on well, that, it? That's kind of interesting because... I actually found it very sweet. Interesting. Yeah. Now, you did mention you're not a soft drink I'm drinker. I'm not a soft drink drinker. I'm not either. I'm more of a kind of sparkling water, flavored sparkling water kind of guy. Occasionally, I'll have like a, a Diet Coke or a Coke Zero or something mm -hmm. like that, but I'm not a big pop drinker in general. But it is interesting. Maybe you're just um, less... Conditioned differently. Yeah, less yeah, conditioned I, I, to sweet. Even those, the, the, the flavored... Sparkling waters? I don't drink those either. Okay, I find yeah. them too sweet. So. Interesting, interesting, even without sugar. So, yeah. yeah, you're just maybe super sensitive to anything that kind of hits those sweet parts of your taste buds. Perhaps. Okay, well, that's the uh, the drink portion. A um, couple of more questions here for you. Bear with me just a second. So, speaking of sweets, would you call yourself a sweet or a savory person? I Based like on what you just yeah, said, I, like I think. A, well, no, I like it. it, it sweet drinks, not so much. Okay. Sweet, sweet things you can eat. Right. Sure. Okay. But if there was a plate of cookies and a bowl of chips sitting mm -hmm. there, I'd go after the chips. Okay. Okay. That's and then a good I'd test. Off with a cookie. <laughs> so a little bit of both, yeah. but you you lean more savory. Absolutely. That's kind of your first instinct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I might know the answer to this just based on what you've already said so far, but let's see if you're going to surprise me. When you were growing up, what was your most common after-school snack? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, so, born and raised British. Right. Um, one would think, with the way the British traveled around the world, going after spices and such, that they would cook with a lot of spices. But not right. back in my day, because my mom was kind of post-World War II, didn't have spices, didn't even have salt, sugar, that kind of stuff. So our right. food was very bland. Here's a cup of flour and... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. Enjoy, kiddo. Yeah. But there was a couple of things that she made that I just loved. Okay. She made the best chocolate chip cookies. Really? Yeah, which was bizarre. Huh. Maybe they were the only chocolate chip cookies I ever ate. Right. But they just seemed really good. Probably had a little bit of a, like, you know, the, the memory of it. Sure. She'd make huge batches. She'd pack them in... Ice, like the big plastic ice cream things, yeah. and we'd have them in the deep freeze. Okay. And when I come home from school, I just take them out of the deep freeze. I eat them frozen. Wow. And they were they were just great. Now, have you? Has she? I know your your mother's a little bit older now. Has she made them as as you've been an adult? Like, have you had a chance to go back and taste them? Are they as good as you remember? Or? No, she hasn't. Because just she doesn't bake. No. I've yeah. It's been away too long. Yeah. But the other things that she made were. Um, being British, um, scones. Okay. So cheese scones. She'd okay. Make, and she'd do this at Christmas. She'd make big batches of those. Right. And sausage rolls. Okay. So after Christmas, we'd always have these big batches. Actually, before Christmas, we'd have them and we were like sworn to not eat them, mm -hmm. but we'd just sneak them anyways. <laughs> and her cheese scones, she'd make them with really 
sharp cheddar. Oh, nice. And it was just, and that was the, probably the most flavorful thing she ever made. So those I remembered. Sounds like she was really had a, a good way with pastry. Except pies. Oh. So probably she... the worst pies I've ever had in my life. I hope she never <laughs> listens to this thing, but um, she won't. She probably won't. <laughs> I promise you, there's like yeah. three people listening to horrible, this. Horrible crust. <laughs> Fillings were boring. Okay. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah. And, it's, and was there any, like, you know, you say British, and I was going to make a joke about, like, steak and kidney pie, or did you get any of those kind of typical, like, mutton or shepherd's pie? Or I remember walking into the pie? house on a number of times, and there would be a cow's tongue boiling in a pot on our stove. Well, nothing says yummy like a oh, boiling cow's you've tongue. You've never seen anything so disgusting. And, and th- I remember the first time walking and going, <laughs> well, that's an interesting aroma. What is that? And lifting the lid off the pot and being horrified like just, it's like texas chainsaw massacre in here gray gelatinous mass all the taste buds yeah. still showing up and... so we, we had that and like but steak and kidney pie is good she that's one pie she could savory pies she'd make pretty good okay so meat pies and yeah. such yeah meat pies and things like that um but like your your traditional apple pie that kind of right. stuff was boring it's not it's her just, thing yeah interesting so interesting. yeah yeah. Okay. Um, and now, just overall, what's your favorite treat? If you're treating yourself, you're not doing nuts, like something that you're yeah. indulging Chips, a little bit. for sure. Okay. And it's a specific kind or flavor or? Uh, depends on the mood. I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist. I like I like just plain rippled chips mm. for the most part. Okay. But, it's like a Ruffles. But I've, I've never met a sour cream and onion chip that I didn't like. Gotcha. We'll go after those. Okay. I like your run-of-the-mill plain Jane nacho chips as well i'll just grab a bowl of those and i don't even need salsa or anything. obviously i'll have salsa but i don't right. need that so just plain tortilla chips yeah and there. i think it's you know craving that salt every sure. once in a while so just and you know what tortilla chips do have a, a distinctive flavor yeah. i mean separate from like a plain lays potato chip yep. which is there's nothing wrong with that either there's a time and a place for that you don't always have to have flavorings but i kind of like um several brands i don't i can't think off the top of my head what they are but they'll have they have multi-grain chips and for plain chips, I really like those because they've got like you got your regular corn tortilla chips or flour tortilla chips, and I think it's Tostitos or one of those has a multigrain tortilla yeah. chip, and it's just got a little bit of a, um, it's like a nutty kind a, of flavor a nutty to flavor, it. Yep. yeah. Like there's yep. just something. It's like the difference between white bread and whole wheat bread. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. not that I eat a ton of bread, but there's just like a more flavorful, kind of a more depth of flavor and a, a nuttiness, I think, yeah. is a really good way to put it. I wish it. I could remember the name of these ones. Um, they're kind of an octagonal shape. They're almost like a cracker, but they're a chip. Okay. And they got lots of seeds and things in them. I think I know the ones you're talking about. Um, it's like food should taste good or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, good food or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. Yeah. And they have some really good ones. They have yeah. one that's made with sweet potato. Yeah. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. And Okay, cool. Yeah. So chips, pretty much any chip. Right. Not a big fan of dill pickle chips. I okay. will eat them. Not a big fan. Now, interesting. You mentioned sour cream and onion. Have you had, there's a couple of brands that have sour cream and dill yep. chips. Those Do you like those? Yeah. Okay. Just dill pickle's a little too far over. It's the, a little too far over the line. Just by itself is just yeah. by itself. But the, the, the yeah. sour cream. Well, the dill pickle ones are really kind of, almost have that super tart, like vinegary thing going on. Yeah, do you like salt and vinegar chips? I do. Yeah. But they're the ones I, I have to continue eating. Like I have to constantly eat them and then just stop. Right. I can't keep going back. Right. It's this weird thing that they just get too you know, salty, vinegary, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, it kind of overpowers. It's like when you eat buffalo chicken wings ones and they burn your mouth. <laughs> and you just, as long as you keep eating them, they're fine. <laughs> Once you stop, you, you got to stop. So. All right. It's like Sisyphus. You yeah. continue pushing that, that exactly. boulder up the hill. Yeah. 
All right, well, that moves us into the savory part of our program, and here's some fun facts about Takis. Originating sometime after 1950 in Lerma, Mexico, Takis are a spicy roll-shaped snack fashioned after the traditional Mexican taquito, prepared in multiple flavors, including typical chip flavors like guacamole and barbecue, more unusual ones like crunchy fajita and their own creatively named versions such as Fuego, their hottest, most popular variety, Zombie, habanero and cucumber flavored, Lava, cheese and chipotle, and Wild, a hot buffalo flavor, among others. Their parent company, Grupo Bimbo, is the world's largest baking company and operates the largest bakeries in the U.S., Mexico, Canada, Chile, Peru, Colombia, and Spain. It operates more than 100 trademarks and brings in more than $14 billion in sales yearly. Having started as a company that made grocery store shelf-ready loaves of bread, hot dog, and hamburger buns, they've since acquired companies around the globe, including Sara Lee in the U.S., Canada Bread in Canada, and Harvest Gold in India. The name Bimbo was first coined in 1945. The main hypothesis is that it resulted from the combination of Bingo and the Disney film Bambi, which was popular at the time. All right, so that's some facts about Takis. Uh, first time having these, Andy? Yeah, yeah, never had these before. Okay, let's open them up here. Um, this is the Angry Burger flavor, and that is an interesting color. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you sure right. this isn't the zombie flavor? <laughs> yeah, that, it kind of looks zombie-ish. Like zombie call these zombie fingers. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're covered with a green dust that, uh, if I didn't know they were very fresh, um, almost looks, and apologies to any Takis lovers out there, almost looks like a mold. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go down that same road. I just didn't know whether you wanted to. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Good. Mold is, yeah. <laughs> okay, well. well, let me uh, go through the ingredients. Why don't you try some of those, Andy, to get your initial impressions. Okay. Um, so corn flour, vegetable oil, uh, seasoning, uh, MSG, not, not a surprise. Vinegar, uh, ground mustard, brown sugar, uh, color, dehydrated tomato, onion, spice. And that's about it. So nothing uh, really surprising there. May contain peanuts, eggs, soybean, wheat, gluten, and sulfites. Boy, they've got it all there. Um, by the way, I just have to say as a side note, I love that their parent company is called Grupo Bimbo. That, uh, that really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you think of this product from Grupo Bimbo? Well, they taste better than they look. Okay. Yeah, they actually kind of have a bit of a guacamole kind of taste okay. to them. Yeah. Um, what is it called? Angry Burger? Why does it have to be angry? Why, why can't we be like happy? It's got to be you know, pissed off burger. This burger's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I get burger topping. Right. It certainly doesn't taste like a burger. Like what toppings are you getting? Pickles. Okay. Yeah, a little pickles, maybe a little ketchup. I guess maybe that's the vinegary part. Right. Like a little mustardy ketchup. Sure. Kinder. I get that. Um, I get a little, well, I guess, yeah, tomato, because I guess that maybe that tomato ketchup part. Yeah, tomato and vinegar. Yeah. All right, well, I'm looking at them, you know, as you mentioned, they've got that kind of odd, um, the green powder on them. doesn't really look natural. It's kind of an, I guess, the color of avocado, maybe. Um, yes. Very tightly rolled. On the aroma, I'm getting kind of corn chips. Um, I do smell a little bit of tomato and uh, pepperiness um so maybe that's that cayenne uh, rearing its head yeah more 
hot pepper than yeah than black like pepper. pepper yeah yeah like cayenne or chili powder maybe um i'm with you it's kind of burger topping reminiscent like I, I get the little bit of dill pickle i guess the angry part is that there is a bit of heat probably coming from yeah, that not cayenne. spicy though you find it really hot no no not at all i mean on the front of the bag that? there's a heat um it's zesty which is a two out of four in terms of the heat scale so uh, I don't find I it over the hot at all. Though, right? Of course, yeah. You know, some people might find this really spicy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really, I don't do well with spice. I don't find these very spicy. Right. Yeah. It, it didn't stick around for very long either. It wasn't. No. It was a very um, brief heat. Like it wasn't a, a lasting heat, like you get with things like habanero and that yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah. We were talking about before. Like it doesn't build up to the point where I've got to keep eating them and then have to stop. Right. Yeah. And you're not reaching for a glass of milk or anything like no. that. Um. Because apparently I don't drink milk. <laughs> Just water. Just water. Water, booze, and coffee. Exactly. Um, I kind of... So you're saying it's more toppings than burger. And again, I don't know if I'm imagining this because I'm trying to imagine, you know, what goes on a burger, but I kind of get maybe like a subtle barbecue sauce, just very, very subtle barbecue sauce flavor and a little bit of mustard. But I mean, if you think about the things that are in barbecue sauce, it's usually, you know some tomato-based thing. There's usually some sweetness like brown sugar and molasses, yeah, yeah. and then there's mustard mm -hmm. a lot of times. So yeah. maybe it's the combination of the, um, the different parts. But, uh, you know, I, I don't hate them. And, no, um, I, I, I'd eat more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is the... Now, I just licked one. <laughs> Which sounds kind of disgusting. <laughs> Wait, are we still talking about the chips? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This thin, long thing, yeah. Um... The coating is salty as hell. Oh, okay. So that you're getting, uh, without the corn chip, without biting just, into just the it, powder. Just the outside stuff is really salty. You're getting a lot of salt yeah. in this really high sodium there. Yeah. Well, the bag itself, and it's a snack size bag, has 550 milligrams of sodium. So I, I never know those things. Is that a lot? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Like, you know, what, what counts as a lot in a single serving? But I don't know. It's interesting how it's, if you just chuck it in your mouth and chew it, yeah. you don't notice it at all. Right. But just licking the coating off the outside is, that's, yeah, that's a lot. Right. Um, yeah, I know you're right. I'm, I'm, I, having done the same here, it's, it must be that the corn chip is, is not salted itself. And so it kind of balances out um, the salt from the, the powder yeah, coating. Yeah, I guess. Maybe huh. I'll have to lick a normal nacho chip and find out what happens there. <laughs> yeah, the, the things we do for this podcast, yeah, yeah, like how often everything. do you just lick chips? Yeah, not usually. <laughs> I've never licked a sour cream and onion one, so maybe I'll do Perhaps that. Perhaps you should. Time. Maybe not. It might ruin it for yeah, you. Exactly. Okay. All right. So that's the uh, the savory part there. Now, you, you were talking earlier um, about coming home to your, uh, you know... <laughs> big ass cow tongue boiling on the stove which is it's like this house of horrors what have i entered here yeah. <laughs> and your shirt was cow right your parents weren't Relatively like serial murderers sure, yeah. or anything yeah, it could have been someone's head um, for all i know so i <laughs> i grew up with uh, having seen that more than once as well um and that was uh just the visual of that was enough to turn me off but i also grew up with things like um oh like you know, there was a, a dish that my parents made that had um, the lining of cow uh, tripe in it. Mm. Um, and, you know, again, probably better if I didn't know what it was because I probably just would have ate it and found it delicious. Yeah. But yeah. as soon as you know, oh, like blood sausage, for example. Um, I don't know if the English do that at all. They do, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I've, I've had more of it in Ireland. I was in Ireland for a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. So I was, you know, had the traditional Irish breakfast pretty much every day. Okay. 
um, which I thought was a good idea until I had it for two weeks. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I love blood, blood sausage. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm told that I liked it as a kid until I was probably about six or seven. And then I heard the translation of the Portuguese word Marcella um, to blood sausage. And that was the end of that. And I've never eaten mm -hmm. another one. And, and I really associated like, you know, my mom frying it on the stove and the smell of it was just such a turnoff that I pr I'm, I'm a pretty open-minded eater now. I probably would like it if I tried it, but I have a hard time getting over that hump of just uh, give it a try. that childhood aversion. It'd be interesting to know if there's regional differences as well. So right. Maybe a Portuguese one is slightly different than an Irish one or a British I, one. I would imagine it would be. Yeah, you know, I imagine spices, the different, different spices, spices yeah, yeah, more paprika or, sure. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we can uh, we can do that on, on the podcast one day. Like maybe weird, for... Like a weird meat podcast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or all that. British foods. We could do like, you know, blood sausage and spotted dick and... Oh, good spotted dick. That's actually, dessert, right? Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's not an STD. Here, here's something that's very strange. There's a there's a British. Uh, I will call it a delicacy, but this is up for debate. Yeah. Because uh, you either love this stuff or you don't. It's a spread called Marmite. I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's similar a, to Vegemite, right? No. No. Vegemite sucks. Marmite <laughs> is good. <laughs> and yeah. the the three Australians who yeah. are listening to the podcast have now tuned out. You <laughs> what? Um, uh, no, Marmite is good. I've had Vegemite. It's it, it to my personal taste. I like Marmite more okay uh but it is one of those things where you either love it or don't right it is extremely salty some mm. people find it like crazy salty i spread it like like cake icing i love that stuff <laughs> um but you i just one put that on like, bread yeah so even from like as a kid like lunch would be cheese and marmite sandwiches huh. and it would be like like the horribly doughy white bread no, yeah no health yeah benefits to like it wonder all. bread yeah butter Spread the Marmite on there. And then you remember those craft slices, those individually wrapped... Oh, the good stuff. The good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Slap that on there. A couple of those. Sometimes you'd grill them. Like do a grilled grilled cheese and Marmite. Marmite. Yeah, we even got to the point where we just called them cheese and. You want cheese and? You want cheese and? Make those. So, Interesting. So I, I, I have a guy that I work with is British and his mom's coming over to visit. And I found online that they actually are making a combination Marmite and peanut butter. Mixed wow. in the same jar, so I'm getting a jar of this in a couple of weeks. So maybe I'll uh, I'll give you an update on that because please do. I'm anticipating. I'm hoping that it's going to be good. I have no idea. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. And um, so I imagine, and maybe that's just because what it looks like, but I imagine it tasting like, you know, the the bullion that comes in the jar, like a the bit. beef bullion. Yep, it's got a bit of a beefy flavor. It's actually it's a yeast extract. The, okay. the theory was that it was the crap scraped out of the bottom of the beer barrels. Oh, uh, okay. It's not. Okay. But it's very thick. Maybe it's where I got my flavor for Guinness because it's there you a go. dark color. Uh, but it's, liquid uh, Marmite. Yeah, it's, it's got kind of a... I mean, I put it in burgers. I put it oh, in, interesting. Like, in stews and soups. No, oh, I could see that. Almost yeah. like how you would add like Worcestershire like a, sauce. Like a Worcestershire yeah, sauce. Yeah, so umami, yeah. Yep. savory. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I might be willing to give it a try. Don't knock it until you try it, right? Nope. Nope. So we'll do that. Jar, we'll do some blood sausage and yeah. we'll do a, a jolly old England Absolutely, episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> back to the questions. Uh, what are uh, what snack do you like at or during movies? See, this is, I, I'm obviously all over the place here because I never eat popcorn. Interesting. Not even a movie. Well, never is a strong word. That's that's. You're not a popcorn guy. 
But I'm not a popcorn guy because it drives me nuts when the little pieces get stuck in the thing and, I, and I'm in the movie and I can't get it out because I don't right. lost to a movie. So, right. So, uh, because you're thing. not a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to floss in the, no <laughs> in so the middle of Transformers. Um, peanut M&Ms are my go-to at the movies. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. The other reason I don't eat buttered popcorn is because I have a beard and that shit gets into my beard <laughs> and it, the smell of old butter in your beard is just disgusting. <laughs> Rancid, rancid movie theater popcorn two hours later after you watched a movie just disgusts me so i, I can't it's the middle of the day and you need to take a shower yeah so but no peanut m&ms are my go-to okay yeah. interesting well i'm uh you know i like peanut m&ms better than regular m&ms i do too and i even tried the uh the, the, the like the hazelnut ones so right it's got like that um nutella nutella in it <clears throat> i found them disappointing okay yeah the almond ones down. aren't bad have you tried the peanut butter ones? Yes. I like those. Those are good. Yeah, those yeah. are good. Those I can I can tear up a bag of those. Absolutely. What about favorite seasonal snacks? So things like candy corn or, you know, things that come, you know, once, twice a year. Maybe eggnog or... I do like a good eggnog. Yeah? Yeah, but uh, I don't put rum in my eggnog. Okay, just drink it straight? No, I put amaretto in it. Whoa. Red amaretto and eggnog? I have not. You were missing something there, man. Wow. Yeah, that that... That even, I have to have one of those even before I put my Christmas tree up. That gets me in the Christmas mood. Now, I've known you for, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah. Never have I been invited over during the holiday season for uh, an amaretto and eggnog, because I'm son an of asshole. a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much an asshole. Now, <laughs> so, well, Come no. over, John. You can have a glass of tap water. No. <laughs> there might be another reason why I have to have an amaretto and eggnog before I put my Christmas tree up. <laughs> because... Because I'm, a family. because I'm a bit of a miserable prick at Christmas, and, and it takes me a couple of those to get into the mood. So, uh, um, well, I will have better. to try I'm that. I'm getting better, but I will invite you over for, uh, for one of those. Please do. Please do, because um, I don't even think we have, We might have amaretto in, in the liquor cabinet. Oh, I'd have yeah, to look. I've got to have that around. Interesting. Uh, seasonal food, though. Yeah, um, go ahead. I don't know whether this qualifies as a snack or not, but um, I am like addicted to pumpkin pie. Ah, yeah, I think that can qualify as a snack. Because it can be a dessert. It can sure. be breakfast. Breakfast. You know what? No, it's, it's healthy. Yeah, it's right. People, it's it's a it's a vegetable, right? Or, or something, or a fruit, yeah, fruit, vegetable, fruit that has seeds in it. A gourd, naturally grown. It's got to yes. be good for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, yeah. it's got to have a lot of beta carotene and stuff. Yeah. And cinnamon's got all kinds of health benefits. Yeah. Now, yeah. do you make your own pumpkin pie? I don't, but I am fortunate that. So it kind of started out that. Um, so my mother-in-law started making was making these pumpkin pies and, mm -hmm. and I always thought that she made the best pumpkin pie around. Right. And then Michelle started my wife my wife started making them. Yeah. And then she made them better. Ah. I was like, okay, no one's gonna top this. And then Claire, my daughter, she's got into this baking kick in the last couple of years. And hers is like by far better than anybody's. Wow. Yeah. It's like each each successive generation it keeps getting better. Yeah, and, and it's it's the same recipe. Interesting. Just modified and improved right um, by the time you have a grandkid you're gonna have a slice of pie and just have a stroke well, die yeah exactly you know, I just give up like it's like life i'm, I'm done I've, I've reached the pinnacle so i must well just pack <laughs> it in yeah claire um she measures cinnamon by color not by like teaspoon or anything right yeah just, she just keeps mixing once it's brown it gets, enough until it gets the right color so and nice then, and yeah, spicy spicy cinnamon yeah i don't know what the hell pumpkin spice is I don't know what's in it. Yeah. I, I assume it's a mixture of yeah. pumpkin spices. But um, if there's anybody in Calgary, I'll give a shout out to the Silk Road Spice Merchant. Right. In Inglewood. Yes. I have a few of their products on my shelf. Oh, we have a pantry full of them. Yeah. 
some things I don't even know what the hell they are or what to do with. But right. the pumpkin spice you get from that place is killer. Nice, nice. They have a, an apple pie spice, and I've never even made an apple pie, but just smelling it is yeah. just like, oh man, just the nostalgia Absolutely. it brings back, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I, I mean, that's seasonal, but I'd eat pumpkin pie every day. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that qualifies. Yeah. Uh, do you have any odd combinations or snacks, treats that you like that are unusual? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I guess I guess it's unusual. I I haven't had this in a long time, but um, but all this talk about food and, mm. and snacks and stuff. So, and I learned this from my father-in-law. So, you take a triscuit, okay, and then you put a piece of like really old cheddar. Okay, I'm liking um, it so far. So either like some really good aged cheddar or like that Balderson's. You remember that? They're smoked mm. aged cheddar. Yeah, you put that on. Yeah. And then you put, um, I don't know what the hell they're called, the, 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 the sliced pickles, they're not the, the, like the bread and butter ones, but what are they called, yum-yums or something like that? The little ones? Yeah. Well, okay, they're yeah. Not, they're not like the gherkins, but right. they're actually like a pickle and they're sliced up. Right, right, right. right. But they're kind of a, they're pickly, but they've got a little bit of a sweetness to them. Yeah. Put one of those on there. Smoked oyster on the top of it. Wow. Pop that in. Oyster cheddar pickle triscuit. Yeah. I could get into that with some amaretto eggnog and... and well, strangely enough, we that's started... That's a good night. I, I, I kind of got into that habit at Christmas because for the longest time, that's about the only time we'd ever see them because right. we were in two different provinces. So, right. So, the yeah, all that would come out. And huh. I guess that was like our, um, you know, our kind of... Poor man's charcuterie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if we were poor. We were just uneducated. <laughs> simple, simple folk. Charcuterie. Exactly. We, were, yeah. we were the salt of the earth. Morons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just had a slice of pepperoni. We probably had pepperoni. He's a huge pepperoni fanatic, so I would assume we probably had pepperonis with him. Huh. So, but, uh, yeah, so that's... I'll have to give that a try. That yeah, I'm going to get good. back on those now. Yeah. Yeah. And this is always a hard one to answer because, you know, there's so many things. But let's say you knew you were having your last meal, setting aside entrees and things like that. What kind of snacks would be there? You don't have to worry about calories. You don't have to worry about wow. how you're going to feel the next morning. Okay. Yeah. Well, there'd be lots of chips. Sure. Lots of different chips. Okay. There would be... Um... Uh, lots of crackers, borsan cheese. Ah, borsan yes, cheese. that's soft. That there. Yeah, that kind of stuff I would definitely have there. I would have, well, basically I would build an enormous charcuterie. Okay. Um, there'd be lots of sausage, lots of, yeah. um, you know, tons of different cheeses, yeah. um, pickles, lots of bread. Yes. I think the two things that will probably kill me in life will be bread and cheese. And bread. I don't give a shit. I'm not giving either <laughs> of them up. Um, so yeah, it would be, yeah, it would just, and those things are crazy because you, you look at them and you go, this is never going to fill me up. Right. And then you just keep eating and eating and eating and then it hits you, right? So, yeah. So it probably would be my last supper because it would actually, I'd die from it, which <laughs> and I'd be perfectly happy with that. Die happy. I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's where it goes. All right. Um, well, let's, uh, let's get into the sweet snack. It's time for dessert. This one looks like an interesting one. Kit Kat was originally created by Round Trees of York in the United Kingdom, but was acquired by Nestle in 1988, who manufactures and markets the treat globally, with the exception of the United States, where it's made under license by H.B. Reese Candy Company, a division of Hershey's. 
The original four-finger version of the bar was developed after a worker at York's Roundtree's factory put a suggestion in the recommendation box for a snack that a man could have in his lunchbox for work. It was launched in September 1935 in the UK as Roundtree's Chocolate Crisp, and the later two-finger version was launched in 1936. It was renamed Kit Kat Chocolate Crisp in 1937 and just Kit Kat after World War II. Since 1957, the slogan for Kit Kat in the UK and elsewhere has been have a break, have a Kit Kat. Produced in 16 countries, Kit Kat had a bit of a downturn in 2003 with the rise of low-carb diets and focusing on healthier eating. The solution adopted by Nestle and others was to increase dramatically the number of new and unique variations of their confections and market them as limited or special editions, usually only available for a few months at a time so as not to lose sales of their standard products. The strategy initially reversed the decline of the Kit Kat and has been adopted worldwide by Nestle, Hershey, Mars, and others with similar success. Many varieties of Kit Kat have existed, either permanently or as limited editions, such as those sold to commemorate festivals such as St. Valentine's Day. In Japan, Nestle has introduced over 200 different flavors since 2000, including ginger ale, soy sauce, creme brulee, green tea, sake, and banana. The flavors are designed to appeal to younger buyers and are often bought as good luck gifts as the brand name echoes the Japanese phrase kitokatsu, roughly translating as surely win. Now let's dig into this version and see if it qualifies as a win or not. Okay, and let's see if this is a winner. So this is a Kit Kat matcha green tea. Um, taking it out, it's got, again, that Kind of I know, 70s green. Just like, like, you know, I'm just thinking about all these things. You know, kids don't like eating broccoli and right. beans and that kind of stuff. I, I don't think it's the taste. I think it's the color. <laughs> what the hell is that? This is, I'm, already, I, I'm sorry. I'm already kind of disappointed because as far as cheap chocolate bars are concerned, Kit Kats are like right. bouncing around between one and two on, on my faves. Right. This... Why? Why <laughs> would you do this to a perfectly good Kit Kat? Oh, it's interesting because it's got so it's got that again that seventies kitchen green um, yeah. and little black flecks in it. That's I don't know if that's I, I guess I suppose that's pieces of the green leaves. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me look at the ingredients of this. Um, you go ahead and taste it. And, do I have to? <laughs> you agreed. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Okay. I don't pay out if you don't uh, perform. Okay, so we've got, uh, you know, your usual palm oils and all that, modified green, uh, green tea powder, uh, green tea leaves, glucose syrup, soy lecithin, baking soda, natural flavors. So um, I'm guessing there's nothing much more unusual from a regular Kit Kat than the green tea powder and the green tea leaves. What are your thoughts on that, Andy? Um, I like green tea, but this actually just tastes like I put a green tea bag in my mouth. Ah, Interesting. So like it's bitter, it's <laughs> not your favorite. It's uh no. Okay. No, no, I'm not going back to this one. All right. I need a I need a traditional Kit Kat to take the yeah, exactly <laughs> to cleanse the palate. Yeah. Um what do you think of it? So the aroma to me is kind of waxy, if that makes sense. And I, I wonder going back to that comment we were talking about earlier, like the you know, maybe the the chocolate. I mean, obviously, this isn't dark chocolate they're using. It's probably white chocolate. So I get a little bit of white chocolate, um, but it has kind of a waxy aroma, and, and it's probably because it's a, a lower grade of 
you know, uh, cocoa butter or whatever they're using. Um, grassy, so I'm, I'm getting a little bit of that grassiness that, you know, you associate with matcha say, green tea. Like right. Have you ever had matcha green tea? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. Obviously, it's, you know, all not, about context. You don't like it in this shape. No. Yeah, but it does have that kind of matcha, um, grassy, wheatgrass mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah, going for it. I get that. Um, the taste is unusual. I, I uh, you, maybe it's huge in Japan, I, I guess. Um, it, I, I do know what you mean about putting a green tea bag in your mouth because there is a bitterness and a, this is going to sound weird because it's not a flavor, but a dustiness yeah, to it. exactly. You know what I mean? Like dusty yeah. tea leaves, you yeah, know? It tastes like dry, almost like, like tea-soaked cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> After we're, it's dry. We're moving much. lots of product oh, in yeah. this episode. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, well, it's I, not just, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a chocolate bar. Right. Like, you're not going to make it healthier. Yeah, like, exactly. Can, I guess you can try and trick people into thinking it's a healthy chocolate bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the wafer part of it, I, I get a little bit, also, almost reminds me of those Nilla wafers. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah, I do, and I like those, so yeah. no. <laughs> but I, I get, again, if you can set aside the bitterness, there's kind of a Nilla wafer thing in the middle yeah. happening. And I do get a hint of salt as well, which was, was kind of unexpected in a, in a Kit Kat. So, I think I was um, just so overwhelmed by everything else. <laughs> yeah. There was um, a lot going on there. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and do some reviews and uh, wrap things up. Okay, so we've had the drink, we've had the savory, we've had the sweet, we've had some time to think things over here, Andy. Uh, as a reminder, one star, wouldn't pick it up again. Two, I'd seek this out again. And three, oh my God, this is amazing and I want more now. And you are allowed to do half stars and things like that if there's something in between those two, um, in between two poles. So starting uh, with the drink, Andy, give me your ratings. Uh, I, I've got to give that a one. So the, um, the melon drink is a one? Yeah, just because like it's, it's not really my thing. Right. It's, um, the, the flavor itself is not my thing. I'm right. not really a, like a carbonated drinker anyways. So. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's not my thing. It's, it's okay, but it's not my thing. Okay. And the uh, Takis Angry Burger flavor. You know, I'm going to give that a two and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, so you actually kind of like those. Yeah. You know, the more I think about them, the, other than just licking the, like, <laughs> I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> Maybe not. I would eat them as they're supposed to be eaten. Right. Um, I can get around the moldy looking finger kind of appearance of them, but no, I, I quite, I would eat them. All right. It wouldn't be my go-to fave, but I would certainly eat them again. I think I know the answer to this. The, no, you don't. The green Kit Kat. I would give this a zero. I would pay somebody to take this away from me. <laughs> so not even a one star, not, not a half a, a star, a zero a star. No, There's I would nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. It <laughs> out of my like, out of my range. <laughs> yeah, that was not appealing to me even in the slightest. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody either. There you go. Well, thank you for your honesty. Uh, for the drink, I'd probably give it a half star. Um, it wasn't gross to me, but like you, I don't drink a lot of soft drinks. And if, if I was going to drink one, it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be that flavor. Maybe yeah. their other flavors yeah, are good, but yeah. wouldn't be the first thing I'd reach for. Uh, the Takis, um, I'd say probably a two star. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd look for it again. And, and if it was, you know, out at a party, I'd certainly eat it oh, yeah. over something else. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I, again, I, I wouldn't, uh, there's probably other things I would choose before it, but it was decent. And the Kit Kat, um, I didn't dislike as much as you did, but I... You're I hard to believe somebody would. <laughs> there must be a market for it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, of that green tea ice cream that you sometimes get at Japanese restaurants, which I'm a fan of. But it was, um, yeah, I didn't have enough going for it that I'd necessarily go out of my way to get it again. So I'm going to give it a half star. So that's our ratings for today. Okay, now it's time for a new segment we call Soft Drinks, Hard Choices. This is where we do a blind taste test of competing beverages and decide which is superior. Today's three choices are all, well, I'm guessing you know. What would you say that soft drink is? I'm guessing it's a cola of some sort. Okay. Like a, like a Coke, is it? Well, let's give Coke it a try. Varieties? Let's give it a try. Okay. All right, go ahead and give those a taste. So number one, uh, any order you want. Okay. I put them down one through three. Okay. Okay. Okay, that was number two. Interesting different look on number three. A little bit of a frothier mm -hmm. head on it. And who doesn't like frothy heads? <laughs> okay. Okay. So what would you say those beverages are? You well, they're definitely not Coke. They're yeah. root beer. Root beer. Yes, good, good call. Good mm -hmm. call. I was going to say it, and then I wanted to see if you could guess no. it. I, when I looked at them, I thought they were a little bit light for Coke. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to get the aroma on them and see if they're mm -hmm. any different. And feel free to taste them again if you'd like. Okay. So what do you think of those? How would you rate them? I would say number one is the most flavorful to me. Okay. Uh, number three has the strongest aroma or the most powerful aroma. Right. Which is interesting. Number two is very mild. Hmm. That, that, not much of an aroma. Very mild flavored, not as carbonated as the other two. Mm -hmm. Number three is obviously more, as we said, more of a foamy kind of head to it. It's got more of a carbonation to it, I think. Mm -hmm. And number two, you could almost mistake for a cola. I mean, mm -hmm. it's definitely got that that root beery flavor. Mm -hmm. I really found the aroma on number three, um, as you said, it's uh, it's very fragrant. Like. Yep. You're getting that, I guess it's sassaparilla and maybe a little bit of vanilla bean. I definitely get the vanilla yeah. out of that one. Yeah. Um, but the, the more of those flavors out of number one. Mm-hmm. And even, yeah, what, what's the other, is, it, is there another flavor in, like it's almost like a, almost like a licorice -y yes. kind of flavor in I was going to say number three has a, a, a licorice mm -hmm. kind of smell but to it. And you're getting that taste in number one? that taste in number one, yeah. Apologies for the slurping. Three has an interesting um, aftertaste that I'd be interested to see what the sweetener is um, in it. Ah, uh, yes. Because is it, like is that, it cane like sugar versus like a, or the corn syrup versus cane sugar? Or there's something that I don't identify as being root beer-esque. I don't know if you're getting that. Maybe it's just me. 
I don't find it as sweet as, as number one. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's necessarily no, sweeter. But it's not that uh, that artificial sweetener, like a... like a. Um, oh, yeah, I wish I could put my finger on it. Like a stevia or something yeah. like that, because that usually tastes very metallic to me. Right. Yeah. Okay, how would you rank these? One to three. What's your, your first uh, pick? One would be my first pick. Okay. Three would be my second pick, and two would be my third Okay, so thank you for playing the soft drink challenge. Number one was A&W. Huh. Number two was Mug Root Beer, which I believe is a Pepsi product. I was going to say, I've had that in a long time. And number three is Jones Soda, Jones which Soda? is from really? Seattle. Yeah. yeah. So, Not originally, by the way. Oh, really? I think it originated in Vancouver. I didn't know that. They mm. sold to some conglomerate or I something so, at some yeah. point. So let me see what the ingredients are happening here. That surprised me with the Jones, because I've had a few Jones sodas that the vibrant colored, so-called yes. flavored ones. The blue raspberry and such. They're just incredibly sweet to me. Yeah. So this one, uh, it is sweetened with cane sugar, and I'm wondering if that's the difference in sweetness, because I'm guessing A&W... Mm, uh, don't they say on their advertisements that it's all cane sugar? Let's see what the bottle says. I know the mug is not. Yeah, this is cane sugar. Okay. Yeah, yeah mug is glucose, fructose, and or sugar, which I'm guessing is probably more fructose and glucose than the other. There's a few things in here I have no idea what they are. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mug. So I haven't had mug in a long time. Your number one was A&W. Your number two was Jones Soda, and mug was the one that you... Uh, you liked the least. It's not that I didn't three. like it. I just found it a lot more mild flavored. Right. Like, if I'm going to go for a root beer, I want a full-bodied root beer flavor. Fantastic. Like the root beer um, moonshine that I had recently. Whoa, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Root beer um, moonshine. Uh, distilled in, um, I think it's in the Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia. Hmm. Um, very, very tasty. Really good over ice cream and I was gonna variety say, of desserts. That would make a killer shake. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think even a shot of that in your coffee in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very nice stuff. They also do an apple pie one, I think, from what I understand. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of the distillery. What a time to be alive, huh? Yep, <laughs> absolutely. I was saying to somebody the other day, I'm so glad I didn't grow up. Oh, we were talking about Seattle, um... And I don't, have you ever spent any time in Seattle? Yeah, yeah. So there was a time in Seattle when the streets were basically just like sawdust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would say when the tides would come in, there'd be raw sewage in the streets. Yep. And they'd call oatmeal and raisins because Whoa. this, yeah. <laughs> Enough said, right? Yeah. This is a food podcast, by yeah. the way. And once again, I'm talking about bodily functions. Not my first time. Um, if you've listened through this long, then you must like it. Um, but yeah, I just said, you know, I'm so glad I was born in the time I was born because I, I probably wouldn't know any better. Um, I probably wouldn't know any better, but I just, the idea of living during that time when like a paper cut could literally kill you. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, uh, and I live during a time when not only do we have hygiene and good medicine, but we have things like root beer moonshine and, uh, you know. Green tea flavored Kit Kats. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. For better or for worse. Well, we did the root beer after the green tea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wash that flavor out of my mouth. So that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dip into our junk mail. As a reminder, you can reach us by email at junkfoodiespod at gmail.com or on Twitter at junkfoodiespod. Our message today comes from, I hope I say this right, Renzo Ratana, who says, Hey, junk foodies, listening to your discussion about childhood memories around junk food. 
I remember going to Pizza Hut for my birthdays as a kid. Tried Chuck E. Cheese once. I may have been too young, and thus a mascot phobia was born. I can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah a little that. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wondering if you have any birthday-specific junk food memories from your childhoods beyond the usual cake and ice cream. Thanks. Well, thanks, Renzo, for writing in. I hope I got your name right there. Um, Andy, I'll let you think on that one because I've had some time to think about it. Um, so for me, birthdays as a kid, you know, I grew up with um, a lot of brothers. And uh, we grew up, um, you know, we weren't quite poor, but I'd say definitely lower middle class. Um, Mom was a housewife and, you know, dad worked and he was a laborer, basically. Um, And um, so we didn't have a lot. And, you know, going out to eat was something we didn't do very often. But on birthdays, uh, more than once, uh, you know, regularly you'd go and do something like McDonald's. We were a McDonald's family. I know some families are Wendy's family. Some families are Burger King. We were definitely a McDonald's family. And we never did like the birthday party at McDonald's. I mean, that was, that would be considered a, uh, you know, <laughs> something only the royal family would do or something like that. But um, yeah, I remember uh, having developed a love for McDonald's very young in life. And I talked about this in a previous episode that McDonald's was one of my first jobs. So maybe there was even that. Yeah, that was really? actually my first job other than, you know, pulling weeds around the house or whatever um, was McDonald's. Yeah, oh. so... Wow. That's where I got my work ethic from. And I, I kind of wonder if I wanted to work. There. I don't even think I applied to some of those other places just because, you know, even as a kid, you know, they would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, when I was like really, really young, like five or six, I would say that I wanted to own a McDonald's or I wanted to be a cook at McDonald's because to me that just seemed like the height of like the best yeah, job ever, yeah. you know, oh, those French fries. Um, so that's my birthday memories. You know, we did the uh, the cake and ice cream too. And I have a very specific memory. I don't know what the brand was, but um, my mom would buy, because she was the one that did the shopping, a kind of, it was a cardboard bucket of ice cream. It was red and it had some design on the outside. I can't remember if it was ice cream cones or I don't know, whatever. Um, But it was big. Like it was probably a two or three gallon bucket. And I just, and maybe... I'm making it bigger in my head than it actually was. It would have to be big to feed all your brothers. Well, right? Yeah, we have like an army to yeah. feed, right? And I just remember that red bucket and, you know, my mom like almost elbow deep in it, scooping out chocolate ice cream. And, um, you know, I remember that being associated with birthdays too. But for the life of me, I mean, that's that's probably, that's from when, gosh, uh, that would have been before five years old because that's before we moved. I don't remember that happening after we moved to, to Idaho when I was younger. Um, but in any case... Um, that's my, my birthday memories was McDonald's and the, the red bucket of ice cream. What about you? Um, not too dissimilar to you. Um, I mean, my family's not as big as yours, but I've got three siblings. So, and not a lot of money around at, in those days. So, mm-hmm. um, and we did the traditional cake and mm-hmm. blowing out the candles, all that kind of stuff. But we always got to pick where we wanted to go out for dinner. Oh, that's fun. And so I would always pick, and for those of you out there that don't know anything about this because I grew up in Vancouver. There's a restaurant out there called White Spot. Right. And uh, so... Ter- terrible name for a restaurant, by the way. It had something to do with chicken because it started out as a chicken restaurant. Hmm. We still did chicken at some point. Yeah. And there was still all these references to chicken, but I, I don't really know the whole story. Again, yeah. Matt Bailey started it and it's, it's, a, it's a Vancouver icon, right. basically. Um, but when we... So I, I you know... Born in England, moved to Montreal, moved from Montreal to Vancouver. When we moved and all our furniture was being moved from Montreal to Vancouver, it didn't show up for like two weeks after we got there because something 
happen with the truck or something. So we had no cooking anything. So we'd go ah. to the White Spot. Well, the White Spot at that time was a was like a drive-in restaurant. Mm. And so my dad had this big old like Pontiac Parisian thing, and there was like the <laughs> six of us in it, four kids across the back. Seat. No seatbelts. No seatbelts, <laughs> of course. And it was the coolest thing because the the car hops would come out with these trays that were five feet long. Wow. And they would fit all the way across your car on the inside. And they would hook on the inside of the doors. So you'd sit there and the tray would be right in front of you and you'd eat. And your burger and your fries That's and your big milkshakes and everything yeah. on there. So I think we probably went there every night for two weeks when we first moved. So yeah. that became kind of that go-to comfort for right. me as a kid. So whenever I got my choice to go out for dinner, it was like, we're going to White Spot. Right. And then even when my kids were growing up, it was... if. If it was just me and the girls, it was like, we're going to White Spot. Right. Michelle hates White Spots. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and subsequently, I found out later that my girls don't particularly like it either. But they, <laughs> they would go with me just because... You know, it's just like the, the nostalgia. Yeah. The yeah. bacon cheddar burger. Their, their fries are still my favorite. So, okay. So, so you, still, you still go there. You haven't grown out of that like, uh, when you have a chance. Yeah. If I'm out on somewhere, like if I'm driving and I see one and yeah. I, I just need to stop, um, I'll, I'll stop and grab one. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's still got that childhood memory to me. So it's. Uh, huh. That's wild. I um, again, you're not that much older than me. I don't want to keep driving home. <laughs> you know how decrepit you're becoming. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. The, 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 I put the wheelchair away. I'm, I'm the one with Alzheimer's. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's funny, like you're talking about that, and then that's part of restaurant culture that was probably a you know a generation or ten or fifteen years before I even came on the scene. Like I don't remember eating in the car with, you know, the, the tray on the side of the car and stuff. But it reminds me, have you seen the movie The Founder? No. It's worth checking out. It's, oh, that's the Ray Kroc story. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's about how McDonald's started. Yeah. And that's back when they were doing all that stuff. Yeah. You know, people were well, skating near the car. Event, and Yeah. Right? It was go, going out yeah. to places was an event. I remember going to, to White Spot, or to A&W, as a matter of fact, yeah. speaking to this root beer. And I was with my cousin and her boyfriend. Mm. And we were in his Volkswagen Beetle. And we were out doing something, and we stopped at, at A&W. And that's when they would bring the tray out, and they'd put it on the outside of your car. Right. You'd have the big root beer mugs, right? And they'd bring those things out. Yeah. And um, back in that day, like the rebellious thing was to be able to get away with one of the mugs. And we always thought we were getting, like, you know, this is a big thing to yeah. steal one of the mugs, and you're, you're like a bit of a rebel. And then it wasn't until I got later in life that, you know, then you realize that they all say A&W on them. And they, I think they want you to take those things, because... It's like a promotional I knew, I knew item. People that had like a half dozen of them in their house, and That's it was like, funny. "Oh, I got my A W root beer mug." Right, it just reminds you to go back to those places. Exactly, so, but uh, a brilliant marketing strategy. They had little tiny ones, like little kid ones that mm. were just I don't know, like a shot glass almost. Yeah, a little bit bigger than yeah. a shot, like a, maybe a four ounce or yeah. whatever it was. And I had one of those, and then I had and they had the medium sized one. They had the great big giant ones that huh. turned out to be really good beer mugs when I <laughs> was almost of age <laughs> to drink beer. So, almost, yeah. So, but but it's interesting how you get those uh, those kind of food experiences that, that stick with you for so for so long. And, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's something that I enjoy about doing this podcast is just talking to people about their the memories associated with food and the stories that come along with it. And um, you know, this you, is you reminded me of so many things that I'd actually even forgotten. No kidding. Yeah, huh. that just kind of triggered so many like yeah memories from younger days. Of, probably go on for hours but yeah well you know how often do you do you stop and think about it like it's now generally we're we're on the run and you know we kind of eat because we have to and 
you know, it's not not always a, a big event where we're sitting there and savoring it and and associating it with all these things. Yeah. It's just like you know, you know, we just people don't eat inside their car anymore. They eat while they're driving somewhere else. You know, exactly. they don't stop and there's no tray sitting yeah. outside of the car. So yeah. Anyway, it's been a blast, Andy. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, if you want to reach us, junkfoodiespod at gmail.com or on Twitter at junkfoodiespod. And remember, in the words of a wise man, do everything in moderation, including moderation. Thanks, guys. Bye.